Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. As humans, we all love finding out about ourselves, you know, diving deep and finding out what makes us tick and understanding ourselves and understanding how to see more about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. Well, on today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing my good friend, Craig Siegel, and we're going to talk exactly about this. He's just released a book called The Reinvention Formula. And in chapter five of the book, which is titled Raw Authenticity, he has a quote. And this quote is, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. We're going to dive into this in this podcast and really you know, talk about what it means to be authentic and what it means to, to find out more about ourselves. And, you know, Craig really gets this. He really understands the importance of how we think, feel and choose uniquely and how this impacts how we function and our ability to embrace our full potential as we go through life. And his story that he puts into this book is a natural outpouring of his passion for helping people live their best life by sharing his own story of reinvention, healing and success. So I know you're going to love this podcast. So join me. Craig, my friend, I'm so excited to have you back in my studio with me. Well, hopefully soon, one of these days, we're going to do this live because we're always doing these podcasts, but it's always over Zoom. So we've got to do live soon for sure. But I'm so excited to have you back in studio because you have basically done your first book and you're about to launch your first book, which I know how exciting that is. I mean, I'm on number 19, so and it's still exciting. So I'm very, very excited about your new book, The Reinvention Formula. You've got it up there behind you, but welcome back, my friend. It's wonderful seeing you again. Thank you so much for having me. There's literally no place on the planet that I'd rather be than right here with you. We always have so much fun when we get together. Let's get nuts. Let's dive in. I love it. I love it. I love that. I love your energy and I love our conversations. We're just really a dynamic duo when we talk. So let's go for this. Tell us, first of all, tell me, just tell my listeners about why you've written this book. So when I reinvented myself a few years back in the pandemic, you know, I think there's a big difference between a dream and a vision. I think a dream is it's a little out there. Everybody has them, but sadly, not many people conquer their dreams. But I think a vision is very specific. It's very intentional. So when I created CLS and I was going to step into this, I had no following, no connections, no celebrity friends. I realized I had to be very intentional with how this was going to play out. And I didn't want to be the next Tony Robbins or be the first Craig Siegel, but you have to be specific. And so I put together what I call like a 10-lane highway. And I, and I was very strategic with this. And I don't want to rely upon one thing. Each lane of the highway would represent something different. Speaking, coaching, podcast, book deal, sponsorship, all the things. And then I reverse engineered it. And so for me personally, I wanted to have a major publishing house behind my first book. Doesn't mean that I'm right or self-publish is wrong. It's just how I felt. It felt good to me. It kind of reminded me of like a movie coming out backed by a huge studio. So I set the intention out there, put it out there. And then as I like to say, marry the process, divorce the outcome. I divorced from it and I just kept building and adding value and building the brand and it was compounding. And then Wiley had come to us. I didn't even have a manuscript or a lit agent. From what I understand, that's pretty rare. I renegotiated a first time author book deal record. I wasn't afraid to lose it and it just felt good. And they said yes. And so here we go. And they gave us a pretty tight deadline, but we made it happen. I created a nice process and ultimately long-winded answer where we're at right now. Everything that I know to be true up until this point is why the reinvention formula exists. I'm really proud of it. I think it's for everybody in some capacity, and I'm really excited about it. I love that. I love the story, and I, and I knew a little bit about that because you shared it with me before. So I'm just so glad you reminded me of that because it is an unusual way to go about getting 
a book deal. And that's really amazing. I love your idea of the highway with the, the lanes. And, and what you said there that really caught my attention was you divorced yourself from the outcome and just got embraced, in, engrossed or in, and totally emerged, you was, uh, uh, immersed, I should say, immersed in the process. That is great. Living in a world today where everything is so focused on, you know, that, like the goals, it, and then the process. We, I mean, even though people speak about paying attention to the process, I don't think people pay enough attention to the process. And that's something that I think you're trying to say there. So just that concept of divorcing yourself from the outcome and marrying yourself to the process. I love that. And I'm guilty of in the past, like a little more unenlightened Craig from years back. If I wanted something so bad, subconsciously, I, I was creating resistance because I wanted it so bad that I actually had a stronger emotion of fearing not to get it. And so I learned from my journey and my experiences. So just to be clear for your listeners, I think it's absolutely imperative to set intentions. That's how you manifest, right? But then put it out there and then divorce and then do the work and meet the spiritual with the practical somewhere in the middle. I think it's a little, I see a lot of people on, on social media, like call it in and manifest. And, and just to be clear, I'm very big on that too. But then, okay, the intention set, now you have to actually take organized, inspired action. Well, it's really very powerful because if you think of it, Craig, that, you know, the whole time period where the secret and all that stuff was released, we're talking about you can attract stuff to yourself. That, that stuff is so, first of all, so unscientific, but also it implies that you don't really do anything. You just got to think in a certain way and you're going to draw to you. And that is the most stupid thing out there because it doesn't work like that. You, you've got to, you, you have your intention, but there's work that happens in between to get to the point. hundred percent. I like to say, marry the, the woo with the work and, and somewhere in the middle. And, and you're right. The secret was played a big impact for me in my life. And, and I want to definitely acknowledge it. But I think it was a little bit incomplete. I think there should have been a little bit more of an emphasis on, okay, but what are my strategies and tactics? Exactly. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah, you can't just it's, you can't just set out an intention and then it's going to happen to you. All you do, you all you've done is open the door. You've That's got, right. You've, yeah, you've just taken the plane, just taken off. There's a lot of still, there's a lot of flying and landing to still do. So, well, if Craig, the, some of the, what are some of the small tangible tools people can use? on their reinvention journey. And and what do you mean by reinvention? I, and the formula. Okay, let's start with that before we go to the tools. what? Why do you say the reinvention formula? Yeah. I have formulas. So, you know, what yeah. is, and what are you trying to reinvent? Why reinvention? Let's, let's pull those two words apart and yeah. what you mean by that. And one of the things I'm trying to reinvent is, in fact, the word reinvention. And I would just want to be clear for the audience. When I think of reinvention, the way I think of it, I, th I don't think of starting over. I think of what is that one thing that you've been denying? That one thing that you've been called to do that maybe you've been putting off? Let's lean into that. And, and in regards to a formula, love me or hate me, hard to believe anybody would hate me, I know. One okay. thing that can't be denied is that I pivoted very successfully into a space that I had no experience in there. But how? Right. And that's a lot of the, the tangible tools that I talk about in the book. And one thing that I think is huge is cultivating clarity and then obviously removing limitations and so forth. And I, I'm a big believer based upon my experience is that it doesn't take time. It just takes alignment. And once you get into alignment, don't be surprised how quickly things begin to happen for you. Doors begin to open and so forth. I spent so long, 35 years to be exact, being out of alignment. And there would be seasons of, of good things and stuff like that. But ultimately, it got to a point where I always had to like, like 
prime my state to get excited on Mondays because I wasn't really in alignment. Now, just like how me and you could probably talk for 20 hours straight, people are always like, Craig, what are you on? I'm like, you don't get it. I'm finally in alignment. I love that's, that's it. I love this stuff. And for those, of, I, I know there's people right now that are rolling their eyes and like, Craig, that sounds great, but I also have to monetize. I want to be very clear. When you're adding value and you're in alignment and you're following your purpose, the money's just an energetic exchange. It's just a byproduct. I'm unapologetically making more money now than I was making on Wall Street, but that's good because you could do better things with it. And, and making money is a part of success, obviously not the whole thing. And, and I think a great way to start manufacturing wealth and stuff like that is by getting into alignment. I love that. So to give us a practical example of what does it mean to get into alignment? Yeah. So a lot of people ask me like, Craig, it's very obvious that you found your calling, but I don't know what I love. I don't know what I want to do. And and so two things that I would say to that. Number one, get quiet, right? Like for me in the beginning of the pandemic, for the first time in my life, I really connected. For me, that's God. For anyone else, it might be something else, but whatever it is, just connect and make an emphasis on blocking out the noise, the interference. And I think that based upon my experience, mindfulness is the portal to expansion. Because when you can get really quiet and just connect, you're blocking anything that might interfere. And as a result, you're available for those creative divine downloads that'll tell you it's usually a tug at your soul. This is what you're meant to do. And then you try that. And for anyone out there that's like, all right, Craig, that's great, but I have a lot of trouble getting quiet. Then here's what I would give you that's very tangible. I would make two lists. One on the left side of the paper, of 10 things that you really love. I don't care if it's reviewing movies or collecting stickers, whatever it is, name 10 things. And then on the other side, I would encourage you to make a list of 10 things that you're really good at, skill sets, superpowers, everybody has a couple. And then somewhere in the middle, there's gonna be some common ground and we have an opportunity to marry the two. For me, I was obsessed with personal development and humbly I can communicate pretty effectively. I married those and, and I created CLS. But for anyone else out there, try a couple things. Clarity follows action. And if you lean in, if it's not the thing, most likely it'll be the thing that leads to the thing. What you've said there is beautiful. And I love the fact that it may not be the thing, it leads to the thing. Because that's, you know, it doesn't, it's not a waste of time if what you've done, let's say CLS wasn't the right way to go about it. You would have learned from CLS the way you put it and you would have pre reinvented another CLS. So right. it's, it's, it's to keep, you've got to try, you know, get that idea and start putting it into action because it's only, you know, as writers, we know you can have a plan in your mind, but it's only when you actually start writing that you start, Oh, okay. That doesn't work. This works. That works. And then you put on this whole big jumble of mess and you think no one except you knows what's going on and you don't even know what's, but suddenly they take shape, but it's the writing that does and it's the action that's actually bringing out the, the reinvention. Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get inside the arena and, and then things begin to percolate and doors begin to open, but you'll never know unless you have 20 seconds of courage and you get in the arena and then the clarity typically comes from you or worst case scenario, you collect some data. More podcasts will play. Thanks to Babel. I know what that means. Do you? Recently, I've been relearning how to speak French with Babbel, and you can too, because with Babbel, you can start speaking new languages in just three weeks. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
I really love how convenient Babel's courses are. They have helped me learn real-life conversation skills. It's so easy to pick up on how to order food, ask for directions, and speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation or look on helplessly knowing that you can't communicate. Using their unique voice recognition technology, not only am I relearning to speak French, but also pronounce the words correctly as well. Babbel is truly different from other language programs. Their courses are designed by real people for real conversations. And all their tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So, if you want to learn a new language, try Babbel today. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash leaf. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash leaf, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash leaf. Rules and restrictions may apply. The link and details will be in the show notes. See, that's beautiful. The clarity will come from the action and you'll collect data. That's very, very important. As a scientist, collecting data is how you get the clarity. That is just so important. I want to stress with all my viewers and listeners right at the moment that one of the things that, and I've known Craig for a while now, one of the things is that, yes, you'll hear similar things to what other people in this world of personal coaching say, but he has a level of authenticity that I have found incredible. What you see here is just genuine Craig. He loves people and he really believes in what he does and you know this you you're worth listening to so i just wanted to thank that. you i received that thank you so much you know how i feel about you i know <laughs> I and people must watch this space for all the fun things we're going to be doing together in the future so just the beginning just just the beginning okay so for someone just starting out what advice would you give them besides the fact that you are the fact that you've already, you know, got to a quiet space. So now they've got to a quiet space and they've got to the point where they've maybe even done the, the, t- the list of 10 items on the you know, each side of the page, what your skill set is, what your, what your, yeah. uh, I, what I would you highly suggest to emulate that 10 lane highway, right? Whatever it is that you want to do, let's set a vision, right? Because once you have an idea, now all of a sudden it becomes a possibility. But then all of a sudden we take some inspired action the possibility now becomes a probability. That's how you manifest because you set the intention and you're meeting it with the work. And so whatever it is that you want to do, let's be very strategic. And then I like to say, let's reverse engineer it. So for me, let's say it was the podcast, the book deal, the speaking, the coaching, that's all great. Now let's reverse engineer. What's actually step one? Well, I'm going to start to build a personal brand and start to put out content and add value. It's all I cared about in the beginning. I wasn't looking to monetize for the first few months. I just wanted to add value and build a community. And I knew that if I continued to do that, great things were going to happen. And so I like to give like a football analogy. I don't know if your listeners are football fans, but most people know this. You don't have to get a touchdown or, or the seven-figure deal every single day. But one thing that I'm willing to guarantee that you can accomplish on a day-to-day basis is just getting a first down. And what I mean by that is, can you just move the chains a little bit? That only comes down to effort. Like after listening to this podcast, what can you actually do to get a little bit further ahead towards your dream, your side hustle, your entrepreneur venture, whatever it is that you want to do? What can you actually do? What do you need to focus on? What do you need to study? What content do you need to put out? Where do you need to learn? And then just do a little bit each and every single day. And then all of a sudden, it begins to compound and great things begin to happen. So just to be clear, set the intention, absolutely, but then reverse engineer and figure out 
How do I actually get from A to B? And then I want to ask you, if you're going from A to B and the way that you plan to go from A to B isn't quite working out like you anticipated, what do you advise? Yeah, so collect that data, right? Why isn't it working? Do I need to improvise? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to adapt? Do I need to work a little smarter? Do I need to surround myself with people that are a little bit further ahead so I can pick their brain? Whatever the case may be. But ultimately, a lot of times when I see that someone's doing that, it's because they're not really all in. They're interested, but they're not committed, right? So for example, people always say to me like, Craig, can you coach me? I want to be doing what you're doing in a relatively short amount of time. And I always say, I'm like, okay, but do you want to do what I did? And in the beginning, in my season of grind and during the pandemic, I was putting out content and I would literally stay up sometimes till two in the morning, responding to every single person that was gracious enough to leave a comment on my content or send me a message. I would stay up. I would do whatever it took. Forget about going the extra mile. I was in the empty mile. I was putting myself out there. I'm willing to bet that if you're all in on this venture, whatever it is that you're looking to reinvent or do, good things are going to happen. And also, if if, if you realize that it's not the thing, you'll collect data and, and something will lead you to the next thing. But you'll never know unless you go all in, put in the reps and really put yourself out there. That's so good. The fact that you set up all hours of the night responding to every comment was how you built your community. But that was what you're, you're not telling everyone to do that. What the no. Well, the principle that I'm hearing is that you made that you wanted to build a community. So you did whatever it took to build a community. You know, also asking me, how can they do what I'm doing? Well, you know, I spent 38 years. I've done four degrees. I've spent 25. <laughs> like, there's no just one formula to just do one thing. You're going to have to find your own. And that's what I want to ask you. You're giving people a guideline and you say formula, but that formula is a broad formula that people will have to adapt to the unique situation. And yeah. So, so can you talk about that? Can you talk about how it is a formula, but it's it, where do you, how do you marry that with the uniqueness of everyone's different? Because no one's good. You're not the same as anyone else. You're not going to do exactly the same. Even that person who said, I want to do what you're doing, pray, coach me to do what you're doing, you know, become a personal coach or whatever that person's vision was. They can't be Craig. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love you, Esther. So, so this book is for everybody. And what do I mean by that? I take pride in that. Like it's not for just entrepreneurs or single moms or people in real estate. It's for anybody looking to reinvent. And first and foremost, when I start most of my speaking engagements, I often start out and ask the questions to the audience. I say, how many people really believe in their heart of hearts and their soul that they're here for something more than they're currently settling for? And typically everybody raises their hand. So if that's you right now, whoever's listening to this podcast, I want you to do one thing for me. Understand that wherever you are right now, if you're not where you hoped you'd be, forgive yourself, number one. And just realize that you're invested into a story, into a movie, if you will, that this is where you should be. But you also have a choice. You could begin to invest in a different story, in a different movie. In fact, in your movie, you can actually change the plot, right? So for me, I was that Wall Street guy. I was invested in the story that this was it for me. I'd make a certain amount of money. I'd always be stressed out. I'd never find true love. And this is just it. When I got really quiet and mindful in the pandemic, it occurred to me that I wasn't really stuck. I just felt stuck because I was so invested in this story. And I actually have a choice. In fact, all of us have a choice. And I started thinking about what can go right as opposed to what can go wrong. And I started removing my limiting beliefs with more empowering thoughts and beliefs. And I started to think, 
Have I been successful at other things in life? Yes, we all have. Was it those things that made me successful or was it actually me? And the truth matter is anyone listening today that's been successful, it was you. And most of those characteristics and traits are transferable. So now that you have that, don't be afraid to be a beginner and try something new. And then ultimately just choose a different story in your mind. So for me, it was a personal development stuff. I started focusing on what can go right. I started focusing on how do I get from A to B? What is it going to look like? And that's all I really thought about. And I just made a a commitment to myself to be authentic and to no longer buy into limitations and limiting beliefs that I cultivated over time. That was my choice and everybody has that choice. I love that. So the tuning, the reinvention concept is also encouraging people not to be scared to pivot. That's something that you often talk about is the pivoting concept through the book, is it not to be scared to pivot and change direction. Yeah. And, you know, that's because people can be so stuck in, well, I've always done it like this. And, you know, that, what else can I, it's, I'm, uh, oh, I'm at a certain age or whatever. And, and, you know, you reinvention is what reinvention is. It is, it's starting over. It's starting something different or something along the same like vein, but in a different angle. And based on that, I want to ask you the question I want to ask you. Have I, first of all, have I understood that correctly? Is that, is that okay? So then. If you've got something like, if I think of just my own life and the things that I'm interested in, and sometimes I get so driven to, so driven that got to like a dog with a bone that this is, I have to, and I can't always see what the, the commercial aspect is or the, you know, like you said, the monetization of spending till two in the morning answering everyone's comment. You know, I'll spend hours and hours and hours working on one paragraph for a scientific publication. And you think, where is the, where's the, you know, Where's the sort of, why am I doing that? What's it for? What's going to, but it's there's something about the dedication to that one paragraph, the dedication to two in the morning of those comments. You can't directly see what the commercial benefit is or what the benefit to other people is or whatever the outcome. But there's something in that, that if you stay true to that, it shifts, it shifts the universe. It shifts the universe in another direction. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to ask you? hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, why not you, right? To anyone listening. And there's just something about what we're doing that we love. And, and I understand exactly what you're talking about for that, specifically for like a publication like that. But I wanted to ask you a question real quick. I wanted to challenge you on your own show. Based upon that, you probably agree that most people, and I imagine this is one of the reasons why you do the unbelievable work that you do, is to showcase what's possible to people and help them manage their mind better. But most people really know or believe that they're here for something more, yet they're settling. Why do you think that is? Why won't they take their shot? I think a lot of it's fear. You know, it's a fear of not, of, of not having the courage to reinvent. You know, so that's why I love, the, I love this idea. It's not, the, people think, oh, you know, I'm at this age, I'm at this stage, I've got these responsibilities. I've got too late, too old. Too late. What yeah. are people going to think? <laughs> you know, you've got to pay the house insurance. You know, there's, there's all these things, but uh, then you're kind of like just going from day to day. So I think it's, it's that fear of, of the change and, what it, then the challenge that involves and starting all over again, it kind of feels maybe easier just to, this is secu- sort of secure. Nothing's ever really secure, but this is sort of secure. And I know this and, you know, change. I think it's, that's, that's what I personally feel people. And, and it's not really a, a big a, a epiphany moment. I think most people can relate to that idea. And, and I want to say that for a second, because I want all your listeners to know that myself included, I had some of those limiting beliefs right before I went all in on CLS. But I considered, and I made it very real for myself, and I think your audience will really appreciate this, the COI, 
for me, that was the cost of inaction and the thought of going back to my job on Wall Street, which I hated, made me miserable after the lockdown. I began to associate that with death because I wasn't even really alive. I was just existing. So now like that was actually my worst case scenario. And I'm pointing backwards to the audience they can't see. So now the fear of stepping into something new transformed from scary to exciting. Because mm-hmm. what's the worst case scenario? I just go back, which I would never. But I'm just saying like, you have to make it so real for yourself. So what is the cost of you not taking action. And and sometimes when I try to portray that message, I see people kind of remove the fear of stepping into something new because all of a sudden that sounds a little bit more exciting than staying put five months, God forbid, five years in the same position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That I love that. I love that. You know, if, if I think of, of my both my husband, Mac, and I, we've always been in our own businesses. I literally worked for the first six months of my career, and I've been going for 38 years now. And it, one of the things just relating to what you're saying is it, it is scary to change, but the excitement, if you can take that fear energy and translate that into an excitement, Pass. not being scared of failure, you will, going forward, you'll just keep... That risk, I think sometimes people look at the negative side and all the high risk and almost see that as overwhelming. And it's to, sometimes you're going to have to see, yes, this is endless risks. And obviously, maybe you, you, you're going to get, have enough income to survive. I'm not saying be stupid, nor are you, but it's sometimes just maybe you take one little thing and you try one little thing. Nice. Head entrepreneurial spirit. If you want to move forward, if it, not everyone wants to do this. Yeah. Being dissatisfied. That dissatisfaction, if I'm understanding you correctly, Craig, is maybe a key or a signal that you need to reinvent. 100%. And also, just to be clear, there's a big difference between failing and being a failure, right? Being a failure is finite. Like, there's no coming back. It's it. <laughs> if you're failing, like, with a reframe, and reframes are obviously very important for perspective, mm-hmm. failing is you're trying. You're just getting one step closer to what actually will work. So look at that as collecting data. Exactly. What I love about the word failing is to shift the word failing. I haven't failed. I've actually learned what not to do, which is exactly. what Thomas Edison said. He's learned what not to do. That is a daily phrase I give myself. So every time somebody in my team might say, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, because I'm, I'm the one was, I'm the most, I had the most positive outlook. It's like I'm an idealist. I'm such an idealist. And it's good to have, with idealists, it's good to have realists around you. But I always, if something goes wrong, it doesn't freak me out. I always say, well, now I know what not to do. It's not a waste of time. I've gathered data. And that has helped me so much. And it's helped my team as well in moving forward. I don't know what you feel about that. To sort of, I agree. Know. It's priceless because let's just say like for a book, you had certain expectations, but then you didn't hit them. Obviously, we both will. But I'm, I'm just saying just in case. Okay, so what did we do that we can improve upon for perhaps the next one? Or what didn't work? What can we change? So when you look at it like that, you're never like losing the fight. You're actually getting stronger, more resilient and battle tested and you're accumulating more knowledge. And essentially that's priceless. That is a key, what you just said there. Accumulating more knowledge, 
is priceless. It's wisdom. It adds to that cycle of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, application, wisdom. It's like the, the knowledge, the wisdom cycle. Okay. Why is having a good mindset so important for anyone struggling? And what do you, you know, how do you get into a good mindset? What does it mean? I mean, mindset's a word that's thrown around. That's why I wanted to ask you this question, but I love how you handle mindset. It's something everyone kind of, it comes up in speech, in, in, in people's general conversations all the time. I think that mindset separates the best from the rest. And ultimately, everybody talks about being physically fit and that's all great. But even more important is being mentally fit. Sorry to yeah. Right? Yeah. And for anyone listening that, and they're like, all right, but how? I, I would start by sharpening the ax, as I like to say. And what I mean by that is listen to Dr. Leaf's podcast, read a book, go on YouTube, find something that's inspiring you and actually elevating your frequency. And when you're in a better, more positive and inspired frequency, you're much more likely to take inspired action. So for me, like the reason why CLS, I'd say the writing was always on the wall. I just didn't put it together is because I had been obsessed with personal development for 15 years. And I use that to gain confidence, build relationships, have success in business, run marathons. I was never a runner. I didn't realize it would be my career, but ultimately it was something that was always very important to me. And sometimes over the years, I would get away from it a little bit and I'd find myself in a rut. And now looking back, it's like, of course, because I stopped doing my daily personal development. But if you can just commit each and every single day to work on yourself, you're going to stay in, in a much more upbeat and elevated frequency or a vibration, if you will. And then from that, you're much more available for great things to happen. So, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there. Let's just call it what it is. If you, I, I don't really watch much of the news, if I'm being honest, because I like to stay in my CLS bubble of serenity. And that's just my choice. But a lot of people are very negative these days. So you have to protect your energy, number one. Like, who do you hang out with? Maybe you have to make some decisions. You want to hang out people with a common future, not necessarily a common past. And you always want to just be learning and growing and having that growth mindset. And I like to call myself delusionally optimistic. I know the word delusion is a little controversial, but I like that. I I'm, love always, that. I'm always looking at the positive of things. And, and if something is a no, for me, it's just a no, not right now. And you just have to always be working on yourself. And that's how you cultivate a healthier and more productive mindset, in my opinion. Oh, I love it. I love that. We walk, we walk on the beach every morning at six in the morning with our I dog. I know you do. Know. <laughs> one guy that we always pass and he's got these two cute little doggies and, and today, and we always wave. And today we actually, we, we met and introduced our, and ourselves and introduced our dogs. And, and he said that every, as he said, yeah, we see you every morning on the beach. Like you, he said, he gets up and this is what, what the point of the story. He gets up at four every day. He spends 20 minutes working out, 20 minutes meditating and 20 minutes learning something new. Then he takes his dog for a walk. And I thought, wow, that is so beautiful. It really yeah. impacted me. So as you were describing that, I thought that was such a cute, you know, such a great example. Yeah. And a good way to do that is to have a non-negotiable morning routine where at some point you're, you're consuming something positive to set the tone for the day. Even walking on the beach and just connecting sounds pretty good to me. It is pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good thing. Okay, so this book, just t talk about the layout for a moment of what people, when they work through this book, how will they work through the book? I always like, I always love to explain that to people. Yeah, I love that you asked that. So I've read my share of personal development books and I wanted to make sure this was something different, something that I haven't quite seen. And I've read a lot of them. So I created a bit of a hybrid where it's it definitely my story, rock bottom and how I bounced off and, and Wall Street and even a little bit of my younger upbringing, but it's not a memoir by any means. It's a lot of the lessons extracted from some of my setbacks, challenges, how I overcame them. 
And then also I had been studying personal development like a lunatic for 15 years, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, Kabbalah, emotional intelligence, the law of attraction, all of that. And I put it all into one vessel, all the stuff that's helped me from all different categories and all different arenas of life. And I haven't quite seen that before. And I make a lot of this content very digestible because I need it to be digestible for me personally to apply it. So it's definitely my story. It's a little bit of an introduction of us to the world, but most importantly, it's strategies and tactics on, on how to develop a growth mindset, how to overcome setbacks, how to remove limitations, how to pivot, sales skills, building a personal brand, falling in love with yourself, which I think was really important for me a couple of years back. So it's got a little bit of everything and it's a little bit different than anything I've seen. And that's fantastic. And I agree with you. It's, it's beautifully laid out. So you've got, so people will actually get walk away from there with your story as a guide, but they, sure. they've got to have their own story. And then you've got the actual techniques and what, what I love about it is the very practical side of everything. So you've drawn on your experience, you've drawn on your story and you've put together very practical tips that people can, but what I like about them is that they are focused and practical, but they're also broad enough that you can adapt them to what works for you, which right. would be great. And that yeah. comes to the formula thing. Formula doesn't mean you can't diverge from, from it. You've got to work out your own, your own version of it kind of thing. Is that correct? I mean, you, you yeah. give people the broad picture and then they're going to work out their own, do the work to apply yeah. their life. So, so just to be clear, this is not on how to build a personal brand and become a, a top speaker, podcast host, author. Yes, yeah. I've done some of those things, but what actually gave me the confidence and ability to pivot very successful and reinvent myself? That's what it's all about. That's the key. Thank you. You said it. I was trying to get that out. So your community is the backbone of your business. And we hear that just with you staying up till two in the morning, responding to comments. I mean, that's a very powerful comment that you've made. And I've spoken in your community platform before and, and you've got- Numerous times. Yep. And you've got dedicated people that really love you and, and you've built a, a family. And so community, now we know that community for our humanity, we need that. We need that to be able to physically and mentally and spiritually, psychoneurobiology to, to function well. So talk about this. Community is the backbone of your business. Why is having a community, not just in business, but in life, so important? And we know that, but I love how you explain it. Yes. So I'll give you two examples of a community. So for me, building a personal brand, I think there's a big difference between an audience and a community. If you look around on social media and stuff like that, a lot of people have a, a big audience, but a lot of it is like fake followers and stuff like that. It's just metrics. But a community is very loyal and engaging. There's a personal connection there. And when you build a community, and should you reinvent yourself or pivot, your community is going to go with you wherever you do. Why? Because they're attracted to you. There's a connection. You are the vibe. So it occurred to me when I was going to build CLS, doesn't matter how good I, I might be able to become, if there's nobody there to consume it. So I went the extra mile on building that connection with the community, make it very human. It's, it's personal, everybody for each other, no egos. And I think that's been a big separator for us. And then let's just say in life, you're not necessarily building a personal brand. Why should community be important to you? Well, there's an old saying like you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. To an extent, I believe that. And that's why I just don't have much in common with the people from before I reinvented myself in my past life. And, and I want to be responsible right now. I don't think I'm better than them or anything like that. I'm just in a different direction. I'm spreading my wings. I'm involving. And I want to hang out with people like you, people on the growth frequency, people with a common future as opposed to the common past. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. And so 
it's really, it's a good time to do an audit or, or, or a little bit of a spiritual purge and see like who in your world do you maybe need to spend a little bit less time with? And then, and then who in your world do you maybe want to spend a little bit more time with? Who's a little bit further ahead where you can get information, knowledge, inspiration from? So whether you're building a personal brand or just in life, I think community is everything. I love, I love that. You know, there's, we've grown the last, I think it's probably the last 40, 50 years, 30 years. There's been so much focus on competition and mm. all that, you know, you've got to compete to survive. But I totally disagree with that. And I wanted to throw this out to you as a question related to, because when I was preparing for this interview, going through your book, I felt like you, you know, we're on the same wavelength with a lot of things, but I don't believe it's competition that it's, that drives us. It's enhancement. So we need to have an enhancement focus. So when your whole, your whole focus is on, yes, building, you know, your, your, your dream vision into a practical life goal that you can live what you believe in, which is what you're doing. But it's at your goal is enhancement versus competition. So therefore, you, one thing I've noticed about you very, and I don't, you, I, I look for this in people and I've seen this in you. You're not scared to build others up. You don't see others as a threat. You, and that is beautiful. And that's why one of the keys that I think is, is key to your reinvention formula. And you may not directly have spoken about this, but if I had to sort of summarize what I've learned from you and from, from your book, I see you applying the enhancement focus and culture where you're not scared to help others. You don't get threatened by someone who's maybe in the world's measurements doing better than you or has more money than you or doing something. You actually just want to help them. And you see that if you lift them up, you are enhancing them because you understand if you enhance them, you enhance yourself. Now, maybe I've misread you, but I think I've read you. You nailed it. And ironically, or maybe not, there's a chapter in the book and I talk about if you don't clap when you see others win, you're missing the point, right? Because even if you don't love them per se, they're showcasing what's possible. If they're winning, they're doing something right. And that just means if they can do it, you can do it. And there's enough abundance out there for all of us to win big and give back and make an impact. So I don't feel threatened by anyone that's further ahead than me. In fact, I get inspired because they're just showcasing what's possible. And if you have a lot of self-belief, which is something that you can cultivate, and I touch upon that in the book as well, then if, if somebody is doing great things, it's not competition. They're just showcasing what's possible once you get the hang of it. And, and I think that's just an abundant mindset. That's so. That's why I asked you that question because of, because of the chapters. This is what Craig's talking about here. He's talking about enhancement and for your brain and your psychoneurobiology. It's like so important and increases your intelligence. So you know, and your and your peace and your happiness and your health of your whole body. It's it's fantastic. Okay, so I've got so many questions. How important is the power of your? This 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 is one of the one things I wanted to ask you. How important is the power of the second thought? That, that's fascinating. Yeah, I love that you asked this. So this is going to be really good for your listeners right now. You would know this better than I would, but most thoughts over the course of the day, and there's a lot, are technically negative, right? And, and a lot of people don't necessarily know how to handle them. And as a result, they kind of become like a victim to their negative thoughts. And so it's interesting. You can actually be an observer and step back and realize that your thoughts are going with or without you. And then you could choose which ones you want to give life to. So if you feel like you're not on fire, as let's say, or if you're in a rut, it's just feedback from the universe. And it probably means you're in a lowered frequency for whatever reason, most likely because your thoughts are negative and they're creating disempowering beliefs and you just don't feel good about yourself. So if you ever feel like you're not doing the best that you can or, or you're not excited, just remember, oh, I remember this crazy podcast with Craig and Dr. Leap and he was talking about this. Choose a different thought. Thoughts are not facts. 
but they do have the ability to lower our self-worth, our frequency and so forth. So now that we know that thoughts are random and thinking is not, we can go back in and be a little bit more strategic and intentional and we can choose positive thoughts. Like this is going to be the best podcast I ever did. This is going to be the best rest of the day ever. I'm going to compound my efforts. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to meet the right person. And those thoughts become alive. That's what people say. Thoughts become things. So choose positive thoughts. And if you don't like the ones that you're currently getting, choose a different thought. As the end of summer approaches and I think about all the family events coming up and meals that need to be made, I want to make sure that I'm buying the best quality foods for my family and friends. Yet it can be hard to find good quality products for reasonable prices, which is why I'm a big fan of ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood you can trust with 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood. All of their products are humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. With ButcherBox, I get just what I want delivered right to my doorstep with free shipping in the continent of the US and no surprise fees. Plus, I get to choose from a variety of box options from curated to customized and change my plan whenever I want. Recently, my husband and I have been enjoying their chicken thighs on the grill. We add them to salads, pastas, or just have them over a bed of cauliflower rice with a delicious marinade. The quality of the meat is amazing, and I love that I didn't even have to go to the grocery store to get such great food. I also love that they have recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. Some are even personalized, so I can always cook up a mouth-watering meal any time of the day, which is great when I don't have time to plan what to cook for lunch or dinner. And for a limited time, ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Sign up today at butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf to get two packs of bacon free for a year plus $20 off your first order. That's butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf to claim this deal. The link and details are in the show notes. Love it. Just to underscore what you're talking about the uh, on the science side, if I may, just for a second. Please. The, the thought is made of, of memories and memories are and that's the, the word for you, thoughts, think thoughts, cluster, our cluster of memories form thoughts. Okay, let me start that again. Cluster of memories form thoughts. But what does it look like inside your brain? Because something that my listeners and viewers would have heard you refer to often is you say the word frequency a lot and you say the word universe a lot. And there's so much science there that you're saying. Because Craig, I think you've heard me say this before, but every word and every, every word that you hear becomes data that becomes a memory, which is actually a vibration that is captured inside a little protein as a vibration. And it, it has its own frequency and basically also generating a frequency. So therefore, every thought, let's say one thought, this conversation is probably going to be three or 4,000 memories that are built into a thought because you say quite a lot. And it's, it's, it's every 15% to 35% of every sentence is captured. But it's literally vibrations inside proteins that are, are alive and organic and dynamic and generating frequency. So I just wanted to throw that in there because you're saying frequency and you're saying universe and you're saying things and this is science. So just to underscore. I love when you get science is the best. <laughs> okay. So what does it mean to be successful across all facets of life? And what would you, what tips would you give to someone struggling with balance? Yes. That's, that's a big one. Big one. Yeah. So, so I just want to start out by saying what success is not. Success is not just dominating in one area of life. And just to be clear, like a few years back, I was making money and, and I was doing well for myself financially on Wall Street, but I was miserable. My relationship suffered. My soul was basically dying. 
and I, I was a, a little bit out of physical shape. So would you consider me successful? I don't now looking back, but at that time I thought because I was making money, I was successful. Successful is about going for it all, all the areas, the career to die for, the relationships, unapologetically making a lot of money, your spirituality, your faith, whatever that is. That's what I consider to be balanced is to be moving forward and paying close attention and prioritizing all those areas, not just one. So like, even when you see somebody that's like super successful, but like there's, they're really out of shape. To me, that's just something about it just seems a little bit inauthentic, right? Like, and not everyone has to be a bodybuilder, run marathons or anything like that, but you should take care of yourself. You want to be here a little bit longer. I think that's important. So all the lanes, the spirituality, the faith, the career, the relationships, the fitness, whatever that is, you want to strive to be successful in all of the areas, not just one or two. I love that. That is so great. That is so great. So what tips would you give for someone struggling with balance? Let's talk about life with balance, balance of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means because now that I've created this life by design, I love what I do so much. Like even if I'm at dinner with my fiance or we're on a little bit of vacation, I'm still doing some work because I love it and I want to. So for me, I that's balance, right? I don't. I designed the life finally after 35 years that I don't need to vacation from. Just to be clear, it doesn't mean I won't disconnect on a vacation with my fiance and stuff like that. But I have to. That's by choice, right? So you want to create a life for yourself that you don't have to like numb yourself or take breaks because you're burnt out. So for me, I, I would just suggest get into alignment, do what you love, and obviously be around the right people. And then you don't have to come up with this like whole work balance routine, which to be honest with you, I don't even really know what that means anymore because I love what I'm doing. And I just want that for everybody. You know what? You just set so many people free, including me, because I love what I do and I can go 15 hour days and that's not good. You're brain- <laughs> <laughs> does get tired. That's the thing. Your mind never gets tired, but your yeah, but your 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 unconscious mind, but your conscious mind and your brain and your body do get tired. So we do need physical rest and that kind of thing. But yes, I love how you've explained that that it needs to be. We don't necessarily have to. Okay, I've got to stop now. If you're on a flow, and if you're loving what you're doing, so I think am I if I'm hearing you correctly, the balance is in trying to do for the majority of the day in your work life what you love doing, and how can you reinvent. That what you do with the majority of your day has this has this this love aspect to it, love in terms of of enjoyment and satisfaction, and not every little detail. Obviously, there's certain things like sometimes when I've got book release week and that kind of thing. There's a million things that I would rather you know be less of those and do more of the nice stuff. You know, I like doing more of the research and not so many of the little detail things. But it's still not bad. So, so th- is that what you're saying? Like it's if yeah. you enjoy it. Because people got so rigid about self-care and so caught up in, in work-life balance. And I think it's good we do that. But I think first and foremost, we should be loving what we're doing as much as possible. Yes. I, I want so badly for everybody. And th- this quote is the biggest misconception that when you find what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I remixed it a little bit and, and it goes like this. And I think you'll agree. When you find what you love, it'll never feel like you're working because you are putting in the work. Make no mistake about it, the 15 hour day, stuff like that, but you love it. It brings joy to you. You're in alignment and that's life you want to create. And I remember very specifically from contrast, it used to not be like that for me. I was the type of cat that on Mondays, I couldn't wait for the weekend. I was even drinking more than I'd like to admit because I was trying to escape. But then I got into alignment and I want that for everybody. And you got to get some clarity and you got to try some new things. Once you're able to get to that, 
That's what life's all about. Most people think that once they get the things, then they'll create that lit soul, the money, the watch, the partner, the job, whatever the case may be. But you can actually create that lit soul now. And then ironically, you end up manifesting all the things that you thought you needed. And you do that by getting into alignment and loving what you do. I love what you just said. Yeah, I love it. I The other day, my husband, <laughs> you've met me. And he said to me that, because I've spent hours of you working on my daughter, one, my kids work with me, as you know, as well. And my youngest daughter is my research assistant. And we were, we were working on this, this part of our research and writing this paper. And we spent hours. It was like we didn't even realize how many hours over a few days because we had this batch of work. And my husband said, and I said, oh, I'm really tired. I need to just watch some dumb movie. I need to go watch something that's really relaxing, like, you know, that's enjoyable, like Ted Lasso, which is not dumb, which is, I love Ted Lasso. And he said, but maybe you're doing too much of the research. And I actually thought about it. And I, and your, you know, your head, your words were ringing in my head now as, as I put two and two together. And I said, you know, actually the research, even though it's wrong, it's not tiring me. It's actually relaxing me. And that I found a part of my work that's so foundational and so important to what I do, but it's the, and it's the core. It's the heart. It's the foundation. Yet it doesn't ever feel like it feels like relaxation. It doesn't feel like hard work. I couldn't agree more. And, and trust me. Alignment thing, isn't it? Yes, 100%. And that's what I want for everybody. And when you're in alignment, you end up doing better for the world because you're adding value and, and you're excited and you're enthusiastic. And, and I know there's still people saying, well, what about making money? And I'm a big believer and someone is yet to prove me wrong that when you love what you do and you're doing a really good job of it, the money's a byproduct and it's, it's an energetic exchange. It's going to come. It's going to come. And yes. it's sort of on a practical side, because I think what what we need to sort of maybe, and let me ask you this. If we love what we do, there's this whole thing that we've just been saying, but there are some things that aren't that enjoyable, like you know, schedules or trying to fit in extra things that just have to be done to run a business that aren't as much fun as research or whatever it is that you love, love to do, talking to the, talking to people. You love your podcasts and your connection with people and whatever. What would you say? We're not trying to say that we eliminate those. So those would be in ratio and proportion. How do you, in your mind, align with the fact that there are some things that you're not going to do, enjoy doing? You know, that's maybe 30%. Do you know what I'm trying to ask you? 100%. Yeah, just to be clear, fully transparent. I don't love 100% of the things that I'm doing right now, but but I, but I some of them I'm doing because we're still relatively new to this. It's only a few years. We are growing rapidly and we're scaling. So for anyone out there that, that's thinking the same question as you, I would conduct a value system and really see the things that you're doing, which do you hold in the highest value in terms of priority and stuff like that. And then the ones that are maybe like a seven or below, I would encourage you to delegate. And I know there's people out there saying, well, easy for you to say, Craig, I'm just getting going. I don't have the money to delegate. I believe that delegating and hiring done correctly doesn't cost. It actually pays because the right person will be able to do that and it'll free up your time so that you can allocate that to stay in your zone of genius and you'll end up making more money for the business. So find the things that are low value to you and, and try to the best of your ability to be able to delegate them. Or if it's if it's that season of grind and you're just getting going, then wear a couple extra hats that you like to and get to that point where you do have that freedom or flexibility to hire and delegate. Oh, I love that answer. That is a fantastic answer. Well, on that note, Craig, where can people follow you and find out more about you and get your book? Yeah, anywhere on social media, at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. If you like daily inspirational text, we have a free texting community. Just text 917-634-3796. Text Dr. Leaf so I know that you heard it here. 
anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience, and anywhere you buy books, probably by the time this episode drops, the reinventionformula.com. If it does drop before it comes out on August 15th, you could join our launch team, which I know you have as well. We're reading the book beforehand, doing a lot of bonuses and perks and access to a virtual live event, the reinventionformula.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Craig. As always, inspirational, exciting. I learn something every time I talk to you and I get, I kind of get fired up to go and read hey. the, the day and do a whole lot more. <laughs> thank you for having me. Love you so much and looking forward to so much more for us to do together, doing life with you. Absolutely. That's going to happen one of these days, a live event. People have to like, they'll be so fired up. They'll be exploding through the ceiling. It'll be so exciting. <laughs> 100%. Well, thank you so much, Craig. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.